Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with counterfeit gifts as we pick up in Exodus chapter 7, verse 10. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. How do I know whether or not I'm going to get a counterfeit gift or a genuine gift from God? Well, if that is a concern to you, then you first of all need to just get your relationship with God right and your concepts of God right. For if you think that when you have your heart open to God and you are really seeking God with all your heart, he's going to lay some counterfeit gift on you, then you do not know nor are you serving the same God that I know and serve. Do you think that your father is going to give you a stone when you ask for bread? Oh, Lord, I'm hungry. I need a fish. Uh, Here, try this scorpion on. (laughs) What kind of a father is that? That's not my loving heavenly father. Even so, if I come to him with an open heart and say, oh God, I need you and I desire your fullness in my life, it would be blasphemous to think that God would allow Satan to move in with some kind of a counterfeit experience. When my heart is genuinely, sincerely open to God, what kind of a father would he be? So Jesus said, how much more will your father Give the Holy Spirit to those that ask of him. Oh, your blessed, loving Father will give you the genuine. You never need to worry about that. He would never allow anything else. So we are aware that counterfeit does exist. We are aware that there is power in those areas of darkness. They're able to perform magical feats and miraculous feats that we cannot understand or explain. They were able to throw down their rods and they became serpents too. And thus when you get into books of magic, which you should never do, you'll find that the deeper you get involved in those kind of books, the more they have the book of Moses and the book of the magic of Egypt and so forth because they definitely were tuned in to the counterfeit world of darkness and were able to perform uncanny feats through the works of Satan, the counterfeit of the work of God. And they cast down every man his rod, and they became servants. Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods, and he hardened or made stiff Pharaoh's heart, that he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said that he wouldn't. The Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Get thee unto Pharaoh in the morning. Lo, he is going out unto the water, and thou shalt stand by the river's brink where he's coming, and the rod which was turned into a serpent, take it in your hand, and thou shalt say unto him, 
The Lord God of the Hebrews hath sent me unto thee, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. And behold, hitherto you would not let them or hear. Thus saith the Lord, In this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with a rod that is in my hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. Now you remember when, when Moses first went before Pharaoh and said, The Lord has sent me to tell you to let his people go. He said, Who is the Lord? I don't know him. Well, the purpose of this whole little episode here is that he might get acquainted with him and find out who he is. And so Moses said, verse 17, Thus saith the Lord, In this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. You want to know who I am? You'll find out. Behold, I'll smite with the rod that, which is, that rod that is in my hand on the waters of the river, they'll be turned to blood. And the fish that are in the river shall die, and the river shall stink. And the Egyptians shall loathe to drink of the water of the river. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Say to Aaron, Take thy rod and stretch out thine hand upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, upon their rivers, and upon their ponds, and upon all their pools of water, that they may become blood, and that there may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in the vessels of wood and in the vessels of stone. Moses and Aaron did so as the Lord commanded. And he lifted up the rod and smote the waters that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of the servants. And all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. And the fish that were in the river died and the river stank. And the Egyptians could not drink of the water of the river for there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. And the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments. Again, uh, we find here a, a uh, counterfeit once more. But, you know, they're sort of dumb. I mean, what does that help the Pharaoh? <laughs> you know, they're adding to the plagues now, and uh, it would be better if they would smite them and turn them back to pure water rather than going around and, and uh, further polluting the water systems. And Pharaoh turned and went into his house, neither did he set his heart to this also. And the Egyptians digged round about the river for water to drink, for they could not drink of the water of the river. And seven days were fulfilled after that the Lord had smitten the river. Now, there is a book called Worlds in Collision written by Emanuel Vilikoski in which he tries to give an explanation for the waters turning to blood as a near approach of the planet Venus. He has a very interesting book. He has a lot of conjecture uh, in it. The methods by which God did these things, we are not told. I prefer to just think it was miraculous and let it go at that. I have no problem with God working miracles. You know, he's able to do many things. And if he can turn water to wine, surely he could turn water to blood. And thus, that doesn't, you know, I don't need to help God out in my own concepts of God because he's great enough to do any of these things. In fact, it'd be, you know, nothing at all. The Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. So the third demand now, actually the fourth demand, And if you refuse 
to let them go. Behold, I will smite all of your borders with frogs. Now, of course, the, the Egyptians worshipped the snakes, and thus when his rod turned into a serpent, they couldn't kill it because they worshipped snakes. They also worshipped the Nile River as one of their gods uh, because of its life-sustaining forces. When it turned to blood, God is really striking out at another one of their gods. But another thing they worshipped were frogs. And they couldn't kill them because they were held to be sacred. So you like frogs. You want to worship frogs? All right, we give you frogs. <laughs> and the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into your houses and into your bed chambers in your bedrooms and upon your bed and into the house of your servants and upon thy people and into your ovens and into the kneading troughs. And the frogs shall come up both on thee and upon thy people and upon all of your servants. And the Lord spake unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch forth your hand with thy rod over all the streams and over all the rivers and over all the ponds and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. And so all of the frogs and all the ponds, rivers and all, just invaded the land at the drawing and the impulses that God sent out to them. Now, God's control over nature is to me always a, a very interesting thing to observe. Nature itself is so fascinating. So many imponderables of nature I, I just love to study the, the capacities of God's little created beings. Last month, I think it was, in National Geographic, what a fascinating article on the birds and, and upon the homing instincts that are built into birds. And they really don't know exactly how they are able to fly thousands of miles over, over oceans and all. They feel that maybe they are able to tune in on the magnetic forces for guidance systems. They really don't know exactly how they can navigate so accurately. The little golden plumber, or plover, it uh, spends its Winter's in Hawaii, and it's summer's in Alaska. Now, that's not so dumb. It goes up to Alaska to, in the spring to have its young. And then in the fall, before the big storms, it takes off and flies back to Hawaii. Several thousand miles, nonstop, losing about a quarter of its weight in flight, eats a lot of food before it goes, stores it up, and then takes off. And how can it find the Hawaiian Islands, that little dot out in the Pacific? It's an amazing thing. And you can't say, well, it just remembered the way it came. <laughs> because you don't really have any real things to, to watch. But the interesting thing is, is that Come fall, the parents take off 
and fly back to Hawaii before the little ones are big enough to fly that far. But in a couple of weeks, as they store up their food and get a lot of exercise, two weeks after the parents have left, the kids take off. And they fly directly to Hawaii, and they've never been there before. Now tell me how. So God has homing instincts that he can put in animals, and he has something in a frog, and he called all the frogs out of the rivers. The ladies kneading their dough, and these frogs jumping in, and <laughs> getting folded in. They can't kill them. They're little gods. And Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up, and they covered the land of Egypt, and the magicians did so. About then, I'd kill them <laughs> with their enchantments, and they brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. <laughs> then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron, and he said, Entreat the Lord. Who is the Lord? I don't know him. Now Pharaoh's changing his tune. Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people and I will let the people go that they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. Moses said unto Pharaoh, Glory over me, when shall I entreat for thee? In other words, you tell me when you want the frogs gone, so that when they're gone at that time, you will know that God did it. You know, you won't just say, oh, well, you know, they decided to go back to the river. You tell me when they want, you want them gone. And I will entreat for you and for your servants and for your people, and I'll destroy the frogs from thee and from thy houses, that they remain in the river only. And he said, Tomorrow. And so he said, All right, be it according to your word, that ye may know who is Jehovah, that you may know that there is none like unto Jehovah our God. And the frogs shall depart from thee and from thy houses and from thy servants, from thy people, and they shall remain in the river only. And Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried unto the Lord because of the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. And the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses. He didn't send them back to the river, he just let them die. Out of the villages and out of the fields, and they gathered them together in heaps, and the land stank. <laughs> Stinking gods. And... Uh, God's just really, you know, rubbing their noses in their gods, really, and just saying, you want to serve these gods? You don't know who I am, and here you are. So when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened, and now the word uh, completely different, kabib, he stiffened or heavied his heart against God and hearkened not, heavied is the literal translation, and hearken not to them as the Lord had said. The Lord said unto Moses, say unto Aaron, stretch out your rod. Now he didn't go to the Pharaoh this time. He's just going to bring one on him without any warning. So said to Aaron, stretch out the rod and smite the dust of the land that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Now, it's either lice or mosquitoes. We don't know which. Uh, one it's a word that's only used twice here and in Psalms when this plague is referred to. And so uh, there are some, in the translation into the Greek, in the Septuagint it seems to be mosquitoes, but we don't know if it was lice or mosquitoes. It really doesn't mean different. Either one would be miserable. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod, and he smote the dust of the earth, and it became lice in men and in beasts, 
and all the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they couldn't. <laughs> so here the Egyptians came to an end. Uh, that is the magicians. They, they, they weren't able to duplicate this. Now in this, there is sort of a creation of life. This was their limit. They, they could draw frogs out of the water. They could change the, the, the water to blood. They could make serpents out of their rods, but at this point, they, they can't follow it any further. Their powers have been more than matched by now. And so the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not to them as the Lord had said. And the Lord said unto Moses, rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he is coming forth to the water and saying to him, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go that they may serve thee. So the next demand, actually, it's the fifth demand that was made upon the Pharaoh. Else, if you will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee and upon thy servants and upon thy people and in thy houses and in the houses of the Egyptians. They'll be full of the swarms and also the ground where they are. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen. In other words, from this point on, God is now going to make a distinction between the Egyptians and the children of Israel. The plagues are going to come upon the Egyptians, but the children of Israel are going to be spared. And so God is going to make a, a division now that no swarms of flies shall be there to the end that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Again, who is the Lord? I don't know the Lord, the Pharaoh's remark. And so God says, all right, that you might know who I am. And uh, God is introducing himself to Pharaoh. And I will put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. And the Lord did so, and there came a grievous swarm into the house of Pharaoh and into his servants' houses and into the land of Egypt, and the land was corrupted by reason of the swarms. And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron, and he said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. And Moses said, It is not meet so to do, or it isn't right to do this, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, and will they not stone us? We will go three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he has commanded us. So here the Pharaoh now is offering the first of the compromises. It is interesting to me that Satan so often offers us compromises. When you've determined to commit your life to Jesus Christ and Satan sees that, you know, that's what you've determined to do, then he begins his compromise. Okay, if you're going to, you know, have to make a nut of yourself. But don't, you know, don't get really religious. You know, don't go too far. Go ahead, go, but, you know, don't get involved too deeply. You know, you don't want to become a religious nut. And, and so... Yeah, go to church, but, you know, once a week, once every other week. Don't get, you know, carried away with this thing. 
Satan offers the compromises. As Satan said, hey, go, but sacrifice in the land. Don't go very far. Stay in the land. Now, Moses knew that if they sacrificed in the land because the Egyptians worshipped the animals, for them to kill the animals would have caused the ire of the Egyptians to be lifted against them, and they would have stoned them. And because the sacrifices unto God were going to involve the sacrificing of animals, Moses wisely said, no way. We need to go three days' journey out of the land lest the Egyptians see us sacrificing, will stone us. So Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness, only ye shall not go very far away. Now, ask God to get rid of these flies. So the second compromise, first of all, go in the land. Now, don't go very far. And Moses said, Behold, I go out from thee, and I will pray to the Lord that the swarms may depart from Pharaoh and from his servants and from the people tomorrow. But let not Pharaoh deal deceitful anymore in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Exodus on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Exodus 7 through 8 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless and keep you in His love. And may your life be enriched daily as you study the Word and as you worship God in spirit and in truth, for God is seeking such to worship Him. May your life in Christ grow, be enriched, and develop more and more day by day. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. For those who like to read books electronically on their mobile devices, you can now download most of Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith's books to your Kindle reader or any mobile device, such as your cell phone. What a blessing to be able to have these resources with you at all times, especially when you're in a place to minister to another person. If you read ebooks, then you know the advantage of being able to search, find, and minister within seconds. And with all of Pastor Chuck and Kay's insights into biblical wisdom, 
This is a great opportunity to be able to gain from their book so you can share the good news with others. If you would like more information on how to download Pastor Chuck and Kay's eBooks, you can call the Word for Today customer service department at 1-800-272-9673. That's 1-800-272-9673. Or to download most of Pastor Chuck and Kay's eBooks online, visit thewordfortoday.org. Again, that's thewordfortoday.org.